We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host tonight, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-hosts, my partners in crime, Nate Green and Brock Davis. Body armor again, Brock, huh? Dude, I got like 30 of them in my fridge. I'm not even exaggerating. I go to this. This one is no sugar added berry punch. Yeah, I'm not a big berry guy. I like that. I I go to the store and I buy about four or five of the six packs at a time. I like it. I like. It. I've honestly, and I'm gonna get booed off the stage here. I've never had body armor before, so I have no idea. I'll pick one up tonight when I go to the store and just try it because I literally have never had it. I just go. I found a new flavor tonight. Actually, it's called uh, strawberry grape, and it's like a Kobe inspired one. It says Mamba Forever. It looks pretty bomb. I haven't tried it yet. I'm gonna try it tomorrow. Well, I will. I will get one tonight and attempt it, and um, we'll see how that goes. I've just never had it. I don't know why. I, I think I've had. So it. good, dude. I'll give it a try. I'll give it. A and try. this stuff got me through COVID the first time. Cause it's got like zinc and vitamin C and all that stuff. So instead of drinking water, I just drank like four of those a day. And I was good. Is it like those, uh, energy drinks bangs where everybody thinks they're good for you, but they're really not that good for you. No, no, the, it, no the, the bang has like a million grams of sugar. Don't do Yeah. That. If you, if you well, actually the bangs are sugar free. Oh, they just got a base. Okay. Sugar free. When you get a sugar free thing, we're getting off topic here, but sugar free they add like substitute sugars that are equally as bad for you. If you do no sugar added, which is what that says, this doesn't have substitutes for sugar, if that makes sense. It's just like the sugar that would be in from the natural fruit inside of the drink. I like that. Well, I'm gonna try. I, I'll, I'll give body, body armor a try. Then I'll pick up a couple. And Mike Trout approved. Maybe, I'll, maybe we'll just start doing body armor reviews on here. Dude, I would be your guy. I've tried almost, <laughs> I think every flavor there is. And berry lemonade is the best one. Well, we'll see how it works. We'll see how it works. So staying off topic here, as always, you guys know, I like start this uh, podcast off with a question and it's going to be off topic again for you guys. It's still, ba- it's baseball related, kind of like body armor is baseball related, but uh, Nate, I'll start with you, Brock. I'll let you think about it. Um, sunflower seeds choices. I know oh. there are a million of them. Oh. 
I don't know why I started writing down questions because I kind of started like losing questions. Like I had to like think about them on the fly and I couldn't do that. So I just started writing them down. That's one of my questions. Uh, favorite sunflower seed. Let's go with brand and also um, flavor. Okay. Spitz is the brand for sure. Um, flavor. It depends. Depends on if I have like a Gatorade or water with me. If not, then it's barbecue. Um, if I do, then it's the uh, cracked pepper. Cracked pepper's good. Brock? I'm, I'm going to say Spitz as well. But what sucks is that when I actually played baseball back in the day, and I'm sure you guys are in the same zone because we're kind of the same generation. There wasn't anything. There, there wasn't Spitz. It was just David's. Yep. David's was your go-to. I had right? Spitz. You had Spitz? I did. He, he, had a, he, he, went to, <laughs> he went to school somewhere else. Oh, he's, gotcha. he's, he's got the luxury of that. You well, know? when I played baseball yeah. growing up and in high school, it was only David's. But after high school and everything and spits came out, my go-to flavor is spicy, sweet, chili spits because I love the spicy, sweet chilies Doritos. And when that came out, I was like, Oh, I got to do it. It's my favorite or David's ranch. Cause I love ranch. I'm on the complete opposite spectrum. I, I'm a chili lime guy. I do like chili lime. I think Spitz is a chili lime. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think um, they do. That's like the neon green. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, who does the Taco Bell? Who does Taco Bell? That's David's. I think. I think so. David does Taco Bell. So there's a Taco Bell flavor and correct me if I'm wrong. If it's David's, I don't know if it's David's or not. It's Supreme Taco. Yeah. That's delicious by the way. Not too many of them. I can't have too many of them, but uh, that's a very good flavor. It's a very good choice. Um, I'm a huge, my favorite flavor of all time is salted caramel. I, what? I, I, oh, so good, dude. You've ever had salted caramel? Uh, I have had it, but it was, salted. it was I. I, I, I would, coaching, play, we go four games, uh, four games a week. Oh, it's go, Bigs. Bigs. Yeah, Bigs. Big, big, okay. Yeah, Bigs. Bigs also has a sizzling bacon that I think is a little salty, but I do like, I do like from time to time, by the way. I haven't had that one. Sizzling bacon's pretty good. A little salty in my opinion, but, um, but we, we make it work. We'll make it work. But all time favorite for me is uh, salted caramel. I, I know I'm going to get a lot of slack for that. But Have you I, tried spicy sweet chili? No, I haven't. You got to try that yes. one, bro. The best is when you put ranch, barbecue, and um, That's, that wasn't you, put all, you put them all together. That's that the best one. That was <laughs> Seed suicide right there. That's the best one. Well, all right, guys. I, I'm glad that you guys could all stick with us through our uh, stupid nonsense that we go through here to get us through a podcast. I know we don't have a lot of baseball to talk about, but actually there was a lot of news uh, this weekend regarding the international side of things. But before we get there, please, please, please subscribe to this podcast. Wherever you're listening or watching it, that'd be fantastic for us. Leave us a review, whether it's good or bad. Let us know what we can do better, what we can do worse. Um, you know, let, let us know. We don't want to do things worse. Yeah, well, sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. You know, sometimes we want to do things worse. You guys are just too smart and too good looking for YouTube. Yeah. I just, yeah. I don't know get, what we could do. Get uglier, get less. <laughs> That's what it is. So um, if you could, uh, like I said, follow us wherever, you, wherever, you know, you can, whether it's Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube as well. That'd be fantastic. You can follow myself on Twitter, Jared underscore Tim's. You can follow Nate at Nate Green 34 and Brock at BDROX8. So guys, this is my time to shine here, I guess, is what uh, you, you guys were saying. Um, international side of things angels signed 16 i have 17 they haven't officially signed the 17th guy that i mentioned they officially signed 16 guys um there's a list a uh, couple more that i have that we are waiting on um but just before we get started i i kind of want to go over just kind of the ground rules of the international side of things um the angels 
uh, if somebody actually wants to look this up for me real quick, Baseball America had a list. It gives their uh, a lot, how much they were going to – they're able to spend without going over. I think it's in the $5 million range um, in that area, maybe four. Um, so last year, and again, I, nothing – I don't have this confirmed as well. The Angels signed – what we are what is to believe to be 12 players last last year and that was not confirmed i i just got that off the top of my head i asked somebody else and that's what they thought as well there was no real confirmed number um so 16 is a little bit more than what they were able to sign last year that was actually the fourth most in all of baseball the dodgers signed 29 the orioles signed 24 and the brewers i believe is what it was signed 19 so Pretty good day for the Angels that's, uh, on the international side of things. Um, Padres and Rangers were also ahead of them. Were they? They had 17. You had uh, Dodgers 29, O's 24, Padres 20, Rangers 19, Brewers 17, Angels 16 and a half. 16 and a half, technically. I had no, yeah, yeah. No, I apologize for that. I had idea. 17 on the list that you sent over. I I have 17. I'm let, let everybody know that that's I the kid, the last guy. And I'll say his name on here as well. Um, I just kind of want to go over things a little bit first because I think people kind of forget about the international side of things. Like this is a big day uh, for these kids. This is what they've worked for. Um, when you look at it, uh, there isn't a lot that goes on um, on the islands other than baseball. Like this is, this is a big day. This is the becoming celebrities in a sense is the way that I like to look at it. So um, a lot of people also forget that this is 16 year olds, 17 year olds, maybe 18, 19 year olds. And we won't see these guys. Most, some of these, most of these guys, I'd, I'd like to say, won't even make it stateside. Most of these guys are just going to play in, in uh, the Dominican Summer League, the DSL, uh, which is fantastic. You know, they're getting paid there. They also go to baseball school, in a sense, is the way that I like to look at it. They're, they, they kind of they go to, to the Angels facility in – off the top of my head, I'm not sure where it's at. Poor uh, – Santa Domingo, I think, might be where the Angels are located. Yeah, Santa Domingo, uh, Dominican Republic. And they basically go to school. They learn, they try, they, they learn English. They learn some English. They learn, you know, just the, the basics of, of what can be. It's like going to school. They're like in high school at this point. They're 16-year-olds, which is, is really cool. And, and there was a, there was a um, Bangrass, I think, did a, um, an article about this whole school. And it's, it's really cool um, on that side of things. But from our standpoint, I, th I think we forget that these are just kids, first off, by the way. And I think I've said that many times. But these are just kids. Uh, and, and a lot of these kids won't make it stateside. A lot of these kids we won't see. We won't know about what these kids are doing uh, until they hopefully come stateside, which is Arizona um, or, you know, Inland Empire or, you know. So let's just get to, let's just get to these names. Um, that the Angels signed. Uh, Nelson Rada, outfielder out of Venezuela. This was their big international signing. They signed him for $1.8 million. Next one, Randy De Jesus out of Dominican Republic. Another big sign they signed for $1.2 million. Uh, just to clarify things as well on the numbers side of things, anything above, you know, that $500,000 threshold is considerable. Very, very considerable. You guys probably want to keep an eye out for, for those guys. However, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think Ronald Acuna Jr. got $30,000. I think that he was one of those lower sign guys. He might have gotten more. He might have gotten $100,000. But regardless, Ronald Acuna Jr., one of the best players in baseball, um, 
I know he was not on the list yeah. of like top prospects when that, that year came out. He was not in like the top 10, 15, where everyone was like, oh, we've got to get this kid. Nope. Um, so yeah. knowing that it was probably around the 30 to 50 K um, again, not a hundred percent on the number, but it's yeah. lower. No, you just, with these kids, you just don't know what they're going to, they're 16. They're still growing. Some of these kids like the angels signed uh, Sandy Charlie. Uh, and I think he was six, three at the time when they signed him. And all of a sudden he shot up and he's six, seven now, you know, and he's got this disgusting slider and it just a kid that I've been keeping, been keeping an eye on. Um, he's been playing in Arizona, uh, you know, regardless of old names, you just don't know after 16, Nate. I mean, I think we were the same height as six at 16, probably. He might've been a little taller than me. Um, you're probably six, one, but regardless, you're now six, five, you know? So at, at the age of 16, a lot of these kids are still growing and we just don't know what they're going to do. So, um, in, in that side of things, I think the more kids you can sign, the better in a sense. And I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on, on that side of things before I get the list going even more, um, Brock, I, I don't know, you know, I mean, Nate, more Altuve was Altuve was the guy that I, I was going to allude to because I remember first time he didn't even make the team. Like they were like, yeah, we're not signing this guy. And then he went back, I think it's next year when he was 16 or 17. And uh, they gave, they were like, sure, we'll take this guy's like 30, 20 K or something like that. Ridiculously low. And now all of a sudden you look and, you know, whatever you want to say about him, but I mean, he, he turned into a really, really good second baseman for the Astros. Yeah. Like I said, you just never, you really just never know what, what's, uh, what these kids are going to turn out to be. And um, it, it's, I think it's always good to get more, you know, I think the really good teams right now are, are doing a very good job of signing kids from the islands, from, I know the angels are signing guys from the Bahamas, um, from Mexico, from, you know, South America. I, I just think that that's a, that's a big part of it. And I think that's what the angels had been missing out on a lot in the past um, was that side of things. And, and you can't blame anybody for that. You know, I, I just think that that kind of eluded them and teams like the Rays, like the Dodgers, those teams have really stepped up. So back to the list here, Luis Rodriguez, shortstop out of Venezuela, another uh, notable guy to keep an eye on. Uh, I don't have a figure on him. Uh, Nixon Encarnacion, right-handed pitcher out of Dominican Republic. That's a kid that you probably want to keep an eye on. Uh, the reports uh, from Finn Badler, I think it was, Baseball America said he's one of the better, one of the best arms coming out of the Dominican Republic, which is saying quite a lot. Um, so just another guy to keep an eye on down the road. Uh, Dario Lavender, uh, the catcher from Venezuela. Jonathan Linares, catcher from Venezuela. He got $90,000. Uh, Santiago Cantero, who is not officially signed yet, but that, that is the one name that I have that was not on the Angels list. That is a left-handed pitcher from Venezuela. Kind of an interesting thing with him. I believe his family is from Spain. There's not too many players from Spain. He might have been born in Spain as well. I, I don't have that, um, but that's kind of an interesting fact with him. Uh, Alejandro Rodriguez, left-handed pitcher from Venezuela. Marco Vega, right-handed pitcher from Panama. Got $60,000. Jaime Berea is also from Panama, so just a noble guy. On that side of things, um, Capri Ortiz, shortstop from Cuba. Wilfer Estrella, outfielder from Dominican Republic. Uh, Sadil Barro, left-handed pitcher from Cuba. He got $125,000. Kevin Castillo, outfielder from Venezuela. Eliezer Rivero, catcher from Venezuela. Manuel Cazorla, 
Wow, I suck at these names. Left-handed pitcher from Venezuela. Miguel Gomez, right-handed pitcher from Panama, got $60,000. And David Lopez, left-handed pitcher from Panama, got $10,000. Those are my 17 names. I'm not going to give anybody else that I don't have confirmed yet out there. But 17 names is a lot, guys. And, And again, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about the international side of things. But I think that that's a big thing that the Angels have been missing. And I think that the last couple of years, the Angels have really stepped up. And if you look at any prospect list that the Angels have compared to other prospect lists, yes, the players aren't producing like they should, but they have those guys from the islands. They have those kids um, from, you know, overseas. I mean, like Shohei Otani is technically an international sign. So mm-hmm. if you want to go that route, you, you can. So, I mean, I think that this is a big thing that the Angels are doing. Um, and I, I can see you guys shaking your head. You guys don't have too much to say about it, but it's, it's a big day yesterday for the angels, big day for the kids as well. They become, I mean, in my opinion, basically celebrities. I remember, um, Denzer Guzman, I think last year after he signed, he went back to his old little league and there was just a line of kids wanting to meet him in a line of kids. I mean, it's, it's some of the coolest things. This kid's a 16 year old and he becomes a hero to, to all, to a bunch of kids. So that's just kind of where I stand. I think this is one of the cooler days in baseball, um, especially, you know, that a lot of people don't pay attention to. And I'm, I hope there's a draft down the road. I really do like these kids for sure need to get a lot more, um, visibility. They need, they need scouting reports. Like a lot of these guys I didn't know much about, um, coming into this. So question for you guys, before we get on to our, our next item that we need to talk about, um, are we on board for the international draft? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I think that needs to be done. And it really helps certain teams that have the that have the reputation of being very good to their international players. I think the White Sox are one of those teams that are very, very good to their international guys. That's why they get the best Cubans. Because sure. there's it's Jose Abreu, it's Luis Robert, it's all these guys who come over and it's like, oh man, I love playing for this team. This is great. They take care of you, this and that. And it, it almost becomes an unfair advantage for some of those teams. Like Tampa Bay does a really good job with theirs as well. And, you know, you, you go on with the Dodgers, the Yankees are usually pretty good at it as well. And it just turns into one of those things where it's a big, big advantage for, for a team where it's like, hey, I, I got a top 15, I got three top 15 prospects and, you know, the Angels are hoping to get one of those guys. So, yeah, I, I think the draft needs to happen. Absolutely. Brock, I don't know if you have anything uh, on that side of things. I shake your head, but. Just agree. Yeah, 100%. Exactly yeah. what Nate said. Yeah, no, and and to touch base on like the Luis Robert, the the Cuban thing, the Cuban connection, that was why it was such a big thing with Albert Pujols, you know? Like you can say that you play in the same organization as Albert Pujols. Those kids, like Albert Pujols is from Dominican Republic. Granted, he got drafted and everything, but those kids look up to Albert Pujols. He's one of the best players that have ever has ever come out of the Dominican Republic. You know, that was that was why it was such a big thing to get Albert Pujols and and I I know that Albert Pujols didn't produce on the field, but there were so many things that he did off the field um, that just, I felt like brought, you know, good things to the Angels. And I don't know if the Angels have that right now. You know, yes, they have Mike Trout. Yes, they have Shohei Otani. Yes, they have uh, Anthony Rendon, but they don't have that big name, you know, island guy now to really get them these guys. That's why, you know, you see uh, teams, like you mentioned, the White Sox, the, uh, the, the Rays, the Marlins, um, they, they have a good reputation because, I mean, granted, Tampa and Miami are so close mm-hmm. to them, but who do you want to go play for? And I've had this conversation um, with people before. Who would you rather go play for? Do you want to go play for the Angels or do you want to go play for the Yankees? You know, like they, these kids have their – they have a choice basically. Like they can go mm-hmm. pick whoever they want. 
and that's why you see so many guys going and and picking you know such good good teams like san diego uh i mean the granted they've had a great job they've done a great job of producing a uh, texas seems to always be in this mix um yeah the angels are pushing their way now, which is, which is really nice. Uh, the Braves did a fantastic job. The Yankees always do a great job. So there is, there's a trend that you can see, you know, with these guys. So yeah, it's a, it's a big day for, for baseball. I'm excited. I would love to see a draft. I think that these kids need their due diligence. So I got some uh, Q and A's for us here, guys. I don't know if there uh, anything else you guys want to talk about on baseball standpoint, but I got a couple questions for some fan from some fans here. Um, we can start it off with Esteban Ramo. Uh, he says, spoke to Jared, which is me, about this the other day. But do you believe this is the year where we see Trout transition to one of the corner outfield spots? Brock, I'll start with you. He has another mm-hmm. question, but we'll get to that. I don't – He. De- I definitely don't think he'll start the year there. But I think that they will take it not day by day necessarily, but see how he does. If As long as he stays healthy, say that we get 100% healthy Mike Trout this year from beginning to end, he plays 145 plus games, okay? If we get that from him, I don't think he will be shifted from center field personally. I think the only way he gets shifted from center field this year is that say he plays 60 games, gets injured and he's out for a month or so and he comes back and whoever's going to be playing center field in that meantime, probably Brandon Marsh will be playing center field for that time that he's gone. And then I could see them pivoting him to probably left field. I'm assuming. Um, I think Adele played most of his time in right field last year. Right. Um, yeah, yes, I know. He was all over the place. Yeah. So they're, they're going to have to pick, but I, I, I envision it probably being left field, Martian center and Riddell and right. But I think it only happens if he gets hurt and they kind of want to do a, like not be so hard on his body when he comes back to try to savor him for the rest of the year without, you know, spending all of his energy and, and, you know, all that on playing center. Um, but I don't think that it's going to be like, Hey, 2022, here's the opening day lineup and it's trout and left Martian center and Adele and right. I think it's going to have to be a play it by ear based off injury and health for trout. Um, and honestly, I don't see him on, on like a starting like opening day lineup in any position other than center field for probably, I don't even think it's likely for next year barring a major injury. I think that we're talking like 2024 and on, I think it would be more realistic for him to be shifted to an alpha position unless Brandon Marsh just blows up or Adele. If either one of them blows up, I could see it happening sooner, but barring any of those things I just mentioned, I don't see it happening anytime soon, personally. The, uh, the analytical people are going to hate you, Brock, but um, I don't think Nate, I don't think Nate's analytical. Maybe a little. Oh, okay. So I'm not analytical, but I am pitcher friendly. And I think that moving Trout to a corner makes the defense better. I think it makes the pitchers better. And I think it makes Mike Trout better, which is unbelievable to say that you can make Mike Trout better. But um, I think if you keep him healthy, that's, that's 
the biggest thing. You keep him healthy. I know he hasn't really been hurt too much, but this last year he was out for a while. Um, for me, I think that, again, like Brock said, he would have to get hurt. Um, if it was me personally making the decision, I would move him to a corner now. As long as you 100% say Brandon Marsh is ready. If you're going to start Brandon Marsh in AAA, then Trout's going to play center field all year. If Marsh is 100% ready and he is the opening day outfielder, I'd put him in center field. See, I think you, it just you, didn't, you didn't ask me if what I would want to do. You asked me what I thought would happen. Is that what you want? Is that what you'd want to do? Do you want to see Marsh out in center field? We've been having the conversation for even the last couple of years that Trout defensively, can he hold up in comparison to younger guys? We've had that conversation multiple times, but it's a totally different, you know, like Nate's bringing the what should happen, which that should happen because there's multiple, everything Nate just said are the reasons why it should happen, but should most of the time is better option than what will, because we all know how that works. Well, well, should is different than Artie. I'm not saying that Artie has a say in this at all, but he might, might. might, you know, and like what should happen or what Artie wants. I mean, as bad as that sounds, like I said, I I don't like to bring Artie into the mix here. Um, Well, it's the same thing as you're paying, you're paying, you're one of your top paying people. You're going to put him in a corner outfield spot. It just, it's a bad look. But that's just the culture of, I mean, oh, well, if you're going to pay a guy so much money, he should be your ace, your starting shortstop, or your center fielder. Like, that's the culture. The Phillies do it. I mean, Bryce Harper is one of the best players in the game, and he's playing a corner outfield spot. Yeah. Um, but, but I just think, personally, it makes him better in a corner outfield. I think this is his last year in center field, no matter what. Um, I think Marsh – is going to play a little bit of center field here and there, but I think this will be Brandon Marsh's position as of 2023, and it'll be his for, you know, six, seven, eight, hopefully 10, 15 years, as long as Marsh can continue to contribute to this team. So I think this is the last year you see Trout in center field, but if it were me, I would start to transition him now. Um, I think that and we've had this conversation before, and I've stood out in center field debating this. Like I literally have gone out to center field at Angel Stadium and looked, to see, I think the center field at Angel Stadium is one of the hardest positions to play in baseball. I really do. I mean, you look at you look at the backdrop behind a hitter, and it goes green seats, yes. But then you have a whole bunch of you have where the old press boxes, where you have a whole bunch of sweeps, you have a whole bunch of boxes. That's difficult to pick up the ball. I, I think that, and there are no stats to back this up, so I don't know if this is true or not. But I think that it is incredibly hard to see the ball off the bat, which is why we see such bad defense from Trout. Like, I, I think that that's what it is. I think that Brandon Marsh is the same way. Like, I think if you talk to anybody who plays center field at Angel Stadium, it is a very difficult place to see the ball, unfortunately. Um, and that's kind of where I stand. So it's not that – I don't – I think that Trout can play out there 100%. I also agree, though, with Nate that I think that if you move him from a corner spot, his defense gets better. So he becomes a better player, which is weird to think about that. Um, but – I mean, Trout being better is, is really weird, but, like, I don't know if he's a right fielder, though, either. Because right field's a difficult place to play at Angel Stadium, too, when you look at it. I think left field's the easiest place to play at Angel Stadium. That's Not if we have Upton out there. I mean, Upton's done it. I think yeah, – I think this, I, is, I, I, it, this is, again, what – He makes it look hard. I think just – I just think Justin Upton's out of his prime. I think it's – I think in ideal world, like, he's going to get a spot. Like he should be a he should be a DH. Nate, I see you laughing there. I get it. You know, I get it. I'm a I'm a pro Justin Upton guy. 
We, we know that it's it's been six years now, and you're still a Justin Upton guy. And well, Justin Upton's better than Luke Voigt. That's right. Unbelievable. I knew this was going to come back and haunt me. But I, okay, you guys get you guys get get what I'm saying here. Left field Absolutely. is much easier to play than I think right field, which is tough with the wall. Um, you have the corner that kicks. I think it's a big outfield in right field compared to others. It shoots out. I mean, minus Comerica, which I think Comerica is a huge park there. And there are a couple other ones. But I, I just think outfield at Angel Stadium in general is, is difficult to play. I really do. I think that it's just a big outfield. I think it's uh, a lot of room to cover. But, I mean, if there's a spot to put him to make Mike Trout better, statistically speaking, it's probably left field. Um but then well, again, Bell I mean, struggled a little bit defensively, but he's definitely gotten better. I think I think he would be better in right and Trout left and Marsh center. I think that would definitely be playing off of each other's strengths and weaknesses. I think that would be the best trifecta we could put out there. Yeah, I like it. I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't think it happens this year. Um, do I think it needs to happen? Yes, when you look at the numbers. But I also think that, you know, center field at Angel Stadium, 82 games at Angel Stadium is, is a very difficult position to play. And I have no proof behind that whatsoever. I just think that it's it's not an easy place to see the ball off the bat at all, you know. So that's just my two cents. Um, he also, Esteban also had another question saying, um, also, do you believe that um, Canning, Suarez, or Berea are much more likely to start coming or coming out of the pen? So Canning, Berea, Suarez, do we think they're starters? Do we think they're relievers? Do we think they start in the minors? Um they're all actually, they're all out of options. I think technically that's what he said. I don't, I don't know if canning is technically, but I know, I know is for, sure. for sure is. And I don't know if, I don't think Suarez is either. I think technically you can kick those guys back down. I could be wrong. Don't get me wrong. Um, again, us stat guys here, we don't, we don't know much clearly, but, um, but yeah, I, I think uh, when you look at Suarez, I think Suarez is going to start the year in the, um, in the rotation until proven otherwise. I think Bree is a spot starter. I like him out of the pen. I always have um, Griffin canning. I don't know. Um, is he healthy? Is he, you know, we have these conversations about Griffin Canning all the time. I think he's a starter. I think he can be a very good starter, but I think that he needs, I think he needs to get out of Anaheim. I don't think that Anaheim has treated him well in a sense. And I think that, you know, like he needs to go develop somewhere else. I don't think that he had a very good chance of development, especially coming out of UCLA who does a decently good job of developing pitching. Um, so Brock, I don't know if you had any thoughts on those three guys. I think, I think it's kind of self-explanatory. Yeah, I think Canning has a small little place in my heart that's broken because we've seen flashes of greatness from him, like that that start against San Diego. I don't know if you recall that. I think he had like ten strikeouts. Yeah. He was making Tatis look silly, Machado look silly. He was that start was incredible, but then he would come out and have a next start and it's just so spotty, just mislocation, no accuracy, just doesn't look himself. And he's just, I don't know if it's a mental thing. I don't know if it's a developmental thing, like you're saying. Um, if, if obviously we have limited resources on knowing what the true root of the problem is, but if it is, if it is a developmental thing, I think I'm saying that word correctly, then he could be used as a trade chip. If we truly think that, he's kind of gone through all the motions he can with us. And we're kind of like, well, you know, we can't get one good start out of every five from him. Maybe he'll be better with someone else and someone could see that, you know, someone that is very good at developing pitchers um, like maybe the Rays or the Dodgers or some other team that is 
prone to take pictures and make them into good ones somehow. Um, but yeah, either way, I think basically what you said, I, I picture um, uh, Suarez being, you said spot starter for Suarez, correct? No, Suarez should start in the rotation. Or no, you said Berea was Berea, spot starter. Uh, spot yeah. starter. Um, so, I mean, other than that, can't, either one of them, I'm not, I'm not super, I don't really have my heart into them if that makes sense. So either way, whether they do or don't, I'm not going to be butthurt about it. I'm just a little sad about canning. I think I had a lot of high hopes for him when he, when he started, um, especially seeing the flashes of greatness he had, and it's just, he couldn't ever put all the pieces together and complete the puzzle. And it was kind of sad to watch. Yeah, second round pick. Uh, some people had him going in the first round. Out of that, he had a an elbow issue, I think, yep. elbow tendonitis. Um, that kind of pushed him back into that second round. I was glad the Angels got him there. I think they got him out of the steal. Um, we just haven't quite seen it yet. Uh, we know that it's there. I think you know Nate and I have talked about it. It's the uh, four, three fastballs and a curb uh, power curveball that he throws. I think he needs that little bit of softer off speed. You know, he's got the slider that I think is more of a cutter. He's got the two seam, which obviously the fastball and he's got the straight fastball, which is the four seam. And I think he's got the power curveball. Um, nothing, nothing gets below 84 miles an hour. I think something like that, 82 miles an hour. I'd really so like, he needs more of a speed differential. Yeah, no, he's got the change. He's got the change up that, uh, that moves, but it's more of a sinker. It's, it's a hard change up, which I was is going to say it's like 86 with his 94 mile an hour fastball. That's rough. Yeah, you need you need some you need a little bit differing uh, speed in some of your pitches. I think I think that's the biggest thing for him would be that. So Nate, uh, those three guys, I think we're kind of all on the same page here. Uh, well, so, yeah, yeah, Canning Canning's a trade chip. I think he he's going to be gone here in the next uh, whenever the CBA gets done. I think he'll be a good uh, piece for another team who's looking for a young controllable pitcher. Um, Berea, he's going to have one shot to make the team. And it's going to come down to him or, you know, a guy like Tony Watson or, or you know, they're not going to get Tony Watson back. But I'm saying a guy Somebody similar like that. to – A minor yeah, league, Tony, minor league sign. Minor league, a minor league free agent with an invitation to spring, and it's going to be between him and Jaime Berea. And if Jaime Berea goes out there and, and proves that he can pitch well out of the bullpen for the Angels, he'll want a job. And if he doesn't, then he'll be DFA'd and, you know, he'll be on to another organization. So he's going to get one more shot to make this team – and I think it is going to be out of the bullpen. It's going to be between him and another minor league free agent guy. Um, Suarez, you know, I'm not a huge Jose Suarez fan when it comes to him as a starter. I, I think I've made that very clear on and off the record with you and, and on here. I think he doesn't throw enough strikes. And it's very hard. He, he reminds me of Andrew Heaney a little bit where it's, you know, he's got really good stuff. But uh, it's three and a third. It's four and a third. Like, it, it's really hard to have a starting pitcher only go four innings. It, it really is. It's the thing that drives coaches and people in this business mad. And I know, you know, you're starting to see a lot more bullpen arms being used. But when you see a guy go four innings and you have three, four, five starters going four innings, it really taxes the bullpen. And there's 162 games in the season. It's not a 60-game a sprint where the Rays are able to get to the playoffs and dominate because their bullpen is able to throw, you know, half the innings. And that's what you kind of see with the Rays. They, they kind of fall out when they have to play a full season because they have to, you know, use everyone every single day. So um, Suarez out of the bullpen would be great, uh, but I think he's going to get a chance to start. He's going to get every chance he, he can get to start. And then if he cannot produce, they're going to kick him to the pen. 
Yeah, with Suarez, it's uh, it's it's interesting. I'll tell you that much. I mean, if we see second half Suarez, he's one of the best pitchers in the AL. I mean, statistically mm. speaking. I know. I said statistically. Oh, speaking. Don't, don't throw that word around. Best pitchers in the AL. Okay, fine. He was one of the better. He was one of the best pitcher. He was the best pitcher on the Angels. Second no. best pitcher. Behind show. I was gonna say, second the best third best. Third best pitcher. Who's Sandoval that? had Sandoval had yeah, better second Sandoval half. Better was... second half. Yes. He was he was electric in the second half. That's when he almost threw his no hitter. That's when he was lights out until he got hurt in September, obviously. But who was that against the Twins? Yes, in Minnesota. Yeah, that was a killer start, dude. Yeah, that's fine. So, you know, I mean, if we're talking about Suarez being like, if we're getting like the third the Suarez being the third best pitcher, um, and now you're throwing in Cindergard into the mix, who which makes Suarez now your fourth best pitcher, like. I'm not upset about that. You can't be upset. You can't really can't be upset about that. Suarez was one of the, he's one of the youngest pitchers in baseball uh, last year. He was 21, 22 years old. Um, one of the youngest pitchers in baseball last year. You know, I mean, you're talking about him, Patrick Sandoval, uh, Noah Sindergaard, and Shohei Otani in front of him. You have, you get one more starter in Reed Detmers or somebody like that. You know, I don't know who that fifth starter is going to be, but. You, it's Lorenzen right now. Lorenzen. I mean, you can't be. You really can't be upset with uh, with this starting rotation as it is. I mean, you can if you really want to be, but like on paper, this this rotation is not looking horrible. If everybody plays up to potential, I know this is now you know year eight of a same. Hey, am I? Am I in twenty fifteen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, well, regardless of what the salary is, and regardless of the injury proneness. I am very excited to see Cindergard on our mound. Oh, me too. Just because of his electricity and his intensity, I'm just excited to watch it. And I, I honestly, I know this is going to sound weird, but I'm very, I'm hoping for a very healthy year for him. Not only because we can get our money's worth, but because I actually, I just want to enjoy watching him pitch for us because he's like the best comparison I could put with him of recency bias of a pitcher that we've had that is comparable to him, not statistically, but intensively. I don't think that's a word intense wise is Jared Weaver. And I loved watching Jared Weaver, just his intensity. And I think Cindergaard's going to bring back that passion on the mound that I'm just so excited to watch. 100%. 100%. Same thing with Otani. He's, he brings that intensity every time he gets a high high uh you know high pressure strikeout he's screaming and you know hitting his glove and it just it pumps you up it makes you excited even if you're not even in the mix playoff wise it just makes you enjoy watching the game rather than i'm just watching this because i'm an angels fan not because we're in the mix if that makes sense i'd rather be in the mix but it makes baseball i mean i would too it does make baseball a little bit more looking good it does make baseball a little bit more fun when you have mike trout anthony rendon Shohei Otani, Noah Syndergaard, Shohei Otani, the pitcher, you know, Michael Lorenzen even, who's pretty fun to watch. Um, Brandon Marsh, Shohei Adele. I mean, it, it makes it a little bit more fun when those guys are playing well. So Yeah, not when they only play like 25 games altogether in the lineup or whatever it was exactly. last year. It's a big if. It's a big if. This year This year's a big if. But if everything turns out like correctly, this team's scary. You know, it really is. You know, everybody's got to stay healthy. Everybody's got to do their part. But – if that happens, it's, it's a scary team. So fantastic questions there. Um, next question comes from D Achoa eight, three, one, since it looks like the angels will fill their shortstop spot internally. And I don't necessarily agree with that, but we'll go about the question out of these guys, Luis Renifo, uh, Tyler Wade, Andrew Velasquez, Mike Stefanik, Brendan Davis, and I'll add in David Fletcher as well, because if you're going to add in internal, you got to kind of put Fletcher in the mix. Um, who do you think will win the position out of those guys? Brock, I know you wanted to talk about this. I know you had, this is this is a good 
a soft spot for you in your heart. Um, yeah. So take it away. What do you got? This will be like my big bit and then I'll probably shut up for the rest of the show. So I did, a f- I tried figuring out where on top of this question, how we're going to figure out the whole second base shortstop situation, plus figuring out if the way baseball free agency works, and this is just my opinion. I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but if you choose to go one way or the other with some, with a certain position, it could decipher where you go in another area, right? It's always a chain reaction when it comes to free agency. So now that they've spent 21 million on Cindergard, well, now we've, basically that shifted our minds to, okay, well, we're not signing Correa or Trevor Story probably unless we're going over the, the balance because we spent 21 million on him and 14 and a half on Iglesias and seven on loop and et cetera. It shifts your mindset to be like, okay, well now we're going to kind of have to go cheaper on wherever else we're going to spend. So with that being said, I kind of compounded this question into, I have two people that I do. I do think we are going to sign someone for shortstop. I do. I know that we got Tyler Wade, but I think we're going to add additional. I think Tyler Wade's going to be like a Gosselin slash Jack Mayfield type person on the bench that we had last year, um, who, in my opinion, he's a pretty damn good bench guy, in my opinion. Tyler Wade is. Reminds me of uh, my series tourist, if I had to show that, right? Yeah, 100%. Uh, But in my opinion, the two names that out of what's available free agency wise, not trade. I didn't go in that far, but just free agency wise, I like Jonathan VR, which was mentioned in the question. Mm -hmm. Another name that was not mentioned in the question, which I don't know how you guys or the listeners would feel about this, but Nico Goodrum, he was released from the Tigers. I believe uh, he's a switch hitter. He has a good power speed uh, possibility. There's potential there. There's a lot of potential there. He steals bases. He's a switch hitter. He's got good power speed. He's a good defensive guy. Um, and VR, actually, I don't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head. That statistics guy from last episode is going to slice and dice me if I get it wrong. So I'm just going to say I don't know exactly the number. Uh, but VR played primarily at second base last year uh, with the Mets. But he did have, I think it was about – 60 games at shortstop i think it was he can still play he can still play there if needed he did not have an error at shortstop and the amount i think it was 200 innings that it was 199.8 innings or something like that at shortstop he had zero errors okay however many innings he played at second base i don't remember what it was he had 14 but he played a lot more time at second base but either way 200 innings at short zero zero errors so VR can play shortstop. I prefer to have Fletcher at second base, just statistically looking at it a little bit before the show. I would too. He's had way more time at second base. He's very good defensively at second base. He's proven it and showed it before. I don't think he has the best arm to play at short personally. I think he has a lot of range, but I think he's best fit at second. So I think Goodrum and Jonathan VR would be great options for shortstop. I honestly think statistically VR has proven himself more than Goodrum has. However, I think Goodrum is, I think a year or two younger and he has a better speed potential. And I think he could be a better defensive uh, candidate than Jonathan VR. Um, I'm with it. I think we could sign both of them for under 10 million a year. I don't know how long it would be for. I know that angels fans are kind of getting tired of the one year deals. 
Um, but obviously we have to look forward to next year's free agency and so, so on and so forth. But I think either them would be a good option. Um, and with you going cheap at shortstop with one of those two options, I think that leaves us with the possibility of signing one of two free agent pitchers with the amount of money allotted, which would be either Matt Boyd, which was previously discussed on the last podcast. And I also think this is one of those names that you hear it and you're like, ugh, right? Remember what we talked about the last podcast, any pitcher could be an angel. Yes, yes, yes. But if you recall that big year where we signed Harvey and Cahill and all these other random names with the one-year deals, people hated it, right? But Danny Duffy, okay, if you actually look at his stats, he's not terrible. Nope. And I think for what we can get him for, and he's coming from the Dodgers, who we all know is very good at developing people, especially later in their careers, to kind of get this spark of, hey, you've been doing it wrong this whole last six years, bro. Do this. And then they figure it out. It clicks. Mm-hmm. Danny Duffy spent some time in L.A., and I think he might be a good option for sub-10. I think we could get him for like six, seven, eight ballpark. I think you can get I, less, less than that. Probably. He's only going to play half. He's only going to play half. Yeah, he yeah, won't I'm, be ready until July. I'm June being at con- the earliest. I'm being conservative because I feel like I keep saying this is realistic number, and then it keeps <laughs> getting overshot. So sub ten. That's a, there's no way in hell that he's going to sign for over ten. So I'll just say sub ten. Yeah. Um, and then we also discussed last podcast that we think Upton will be gone midseason, and I think that if we got VR Goodrum. That would solve the mid mid infield spots because Fletcher is a lock in at second base. I think we could get either Matt Boyd or Duffy, not both, but one of them. I think Boyd would be a longer term, Duffy would be shorter because of age and whatever. And I think we should try to figure out a way to get rid of Upton. I don't know if it, this would be the same team. I'm not too sure. Probably not, unless we ate a lot of the cash, but. Upton, get rid of him, and trade for Craig Kimbrell. And I think if we make those moves in a dream world, it's never going to happen. In a dream world, we make these moves. Like these are are small tweaks, right? I'm not saying we're going to go out and blow our luxury tax and sign Carlos Correa for, you know, 10 years, 300 million. I think that's more dream world. I think these are more realistic, small money attachment moves that I think are more realistic for what we have and the way Artie has framed his uh, legacy. You definitely have to think small. You definitely have to think smaller when it comes to right now in the off season, for sure. Um, as, as far as Goodrum goes, I'm with Goodrum. I, I like it. You know, I think that like before the season last year, everybody was talking about maybe it was 2020. They're like, Goodrum's going to be the dude in Detroit. You know, Goodrum is, it's Nico's Goodrum show. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, like, oh, they let, let him go, you know. Um, Matthew Boyd would be a, a minor league sign, I believe, would be would be my guess. I think he would. Two to five million dollars. I could, I, see, I would I could take, see somebody I would giving him two Matt to five Boyd million dollars. Over Suarez, dude. Honestly. Uh, At least give him the shot. I worry about too many lefties in the mix. That's just me. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I could totally be wrong, but I do kind of worry about, like, I, I mean, look at all my, how many lefties. There's two, there's two right now. Well, if, if Detmers isn't coming up, De- I'm counting Detmers and uh, Sandoval. Sandoval, three. That's and, it. Well, Suarez. and Suarez. 
or in Matthew Boyd. I just that's this just me. I, I don't know. I, I this is coming from a from a bullpen that didn't have any lefties for the longest time. I don't know if that you know. I mean, like, no, I feel like what? Oh, I. No. No, we don't want. You know um, we haven't no, had dominant lefties for a long time. No, 100% have not. Um, and that was that's one of the big things I think the Angels have been missing as well. So, um, yeah, I'm all with that. I, I am. Um, on Just to answer the question, uh, to, to pick out of those guys, I'd rather, I think, see Tyler, uh, Tyler Wade there out of anybody. Um, I think that they go a different route, just my opinion, like Brock was saying. Um, I don't know if it's that route, but I definitely think that they go some type of different route. Though they are lining up to to not go and sign any other infielders, which is kind of interesting to me. Um, so you know, I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's interesting. I think there are a lot of options like that were mentioned. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Brandon Davis was in the mix come spring training. You know, they put him on the forty man for a reason, right? Like he's going to get an opportunity. He's going to get a shot. You know, so. Um, I think if it was internal, it would be between it would be Fletcher and Wade. Fletcher Wade, I think Brandon Davis has a chance. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if any of these guys, you know, really like at the end of the day, Renifo, I wouldn't mind seeing there, but not. I wouldn't. I don't want to see any of these guys for three for two or 162 games. You know, I I, I 50 games each, maybe. You yeah. know. I was going to say, if it stays internal, it will be a platoon. It will be Tyler Wade plays against righties and, you know, Rangifo plays against lefties or, or, or Brendan Davis plays against lefties. Like, it will not be Tyler Wade's show 150 days of the year. It, it's not – that's just not how it's going to work. It, if it stays internal, you're going to see a bunch of mix and match, whatever whatever they can do. Maybe they'll throw Fletcher at short for half the time and, you know, somebody else at second. So. Kind of like how our third base was last year. Yeah, well, third base for the last couple of years, you know. Until Rendon, yeah. Until Rendon, left field until Justin Upton. I mean, I think we've seen that. So I'd hate I, – I think that you need to build around a shortstop, but that's just me um, at the end of the day. So, Nate, I we already know what you think about shortstops. So go get well, Carpenter. Uh, go get Trevor Story. I, I said Trevor Story, but um, no. So I, I think if it's between the, the internal guys, it's going to be a Tyler Wade and, and a platoon show. I, I don't know if Brendan Davis is going to hit enough in spring training. You know, I know he's hit along the way, but it's going to be a big thing where it's going to be, can you hit in spring training? That, that's what it's going to come down to for a lot of guys is Tyler Wade, can you hit in spring training? If you if you can, great. You're going to hit against the uh, righties. If you can't, well, then maybe Rangifo gets the job for, you know, 135 games in the year. So that, that's what it's really going to come down to. Maybe they, they throw Fletcher at short. I, I don't know. I, I don't think that's the best option, but, you know, it's, it's a possibility. And they have some other guys who can play second base. Um, so. Yeah, no, I, like I said, I think it's a coin toss. I, I don't know. Like, I wish we knew. I don't think anybody really knows, though. Like, I know everybody's been getting on, uh, you know, the writers about not knowing anything. I don't think anybody knows a lot at the moment, to be honest, like, I don't think anybody really knows what the game plan is and, and such like that. So I think these next two questions I can handle guys. Just going to say, um, if you guys want to come in on this, I, I think they're don't pretty mess it up. I won't. I won't. I think they're pretty, uh, self-explanatory. And I think, I mean, if you guys want to chime in on these two, you hundred percent can, but, um, next one comes from Nolan Connor. Would you trade any prospect excluding Marsh Adele or Detmers? And he says, and maybe Bachman, for glass now i think yes i mean i would 100 percent trade six guys he mentioned six guys i'd trade six guys in the lower farm system for glass now i mean right like that's i think that's an easy yes 
the Tampa Bay Rays won't though. <laughs> I think that's a big thing. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> think the Tampa Bay Rays are going to let Tyler Glass now go with out getting one of those four guys that you mentioned. Nolan. Yeah, so, no chance. And knowing our luck, he'll, he'll end up with TJ, which he's already on the fringe of having TJ. So yeah, knowing I, our I, luck, we'll, we'll give up three of them and he won't pitch for two years and then he'll be a free agent. The last year. He also mentioned extending glass now, which I would be for though, but I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I can't picture Tampa giving up glass now for anyone, but with, our top three guys. Yeah, exactly. Anybody, but those four guys that you mentioned. So it's uh it's interesting. It might work on MLB the show, but I don't think it's going to work in real life. Unfortunately. Um, I would say yes, hundred um, percent. Next one comes from our friend Dom Saldana. Um, Gerardo Reyes outlook again, pretty simple question here. Uh, if he's healthy, it's upper nineties with a legitimate slider. I think we saw it. And I, I don't think he's got change it, but he's got a legit slider um, in upper nineties uh, coming off Tommy and John though. We're probably going to see a lack of control for a year. Probably going to see maybe the velo down a little bit for a year. Um, a little inconsistency with Reyes, um, but it's definitely a guy to keep in mind and somebody that should be on everybody's um, top prospect list because I don't think he's technically played in the majors yet. Um, if he has, it's not enough. He has, but not the not the minimum. Technically, still prospect, so he falls he falls in the thirty to forty range for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, Dom. He's a big arm. That's that's exactly what it is. It's a big arm coming out of the bullpen that could be a late arm, like uh, Ty Butchery could be. You know, like if you want to put a Ty Butchery comp on Gerardo Reyes, go ahead and do it because I think that they're very similar pitchers that could be late, late, uh, late relievers that could be seventh, eighth inning guys. You know, to to push you towards um, uh, Rice Iglesias. So I, I think it's definitely a guy that should be considered to make the opening day roster if he looks good in spring. You know, if we see 94 to 98 again, pushing 100 uh, with a disgusting slider, you know, I, I don't see why not. So um, last question. Off the mound. Yeah. Last question here. Uh, and I think we can all chime in on this. Opening day left field or Upton or Marsh. You guys can throw in anybody else you want there because I know we talked about this before. Um, first question, but we can definitely talk about it a little bit more. Who is the opening day left fielder for the Angels? Brock, I'll start with you. Are we playing the A's again? Uh, yeah, in Oakland, is it? I'm going to say who, who's, who's the A's opening day starter? Bassett? No, because he's going to get traded. Uh, Montas? He's supposed he to get traded too. Do. So who the hell is there going to be their opening day starter? Uh, let's just hypothetically say a righty is starting. It, it could be Manaya. It could be Manaya. I think it would probably, probably be mm. Manaya. Okay, because I think Manaya is probably a lot less likely to get traded than either one of those two guys. Then I would probably say Upton. But with quick question, is there any possibility? I know this is very not likely because I know that generally you don't trade within interdivision. Is there any slight chance we're getting Bassett or Montas? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. They don't have a problem trading in division. I mean, you've seen it happen before. We, we made a trade with them, what, a year and a half ago? Yeah. We, we made two trades with we, Oh, we got, Stella? Yeah, we did Listella uh, for Barreto. Uh, Grant Green. Yeah, Grant Green was for them. Um, I feel like high-end like high trades are a little different, though. Bassett and Montas are both pretty up there. Listella was an all-star. Though. I mean, after Oakland, I'm going to look at it this way, though. After, after Oakland might sell the house like everybody, are they going to try to win next year? And Bassett's a free agent after next year anyways. Like, a lot of these guys, you know, like, and I, I, I don't know. I don't agree with what Oakland does, but I think that well, either way, I think it's going to be platoon. I think left field is going to be a platoon barring anything that 
happens with Trout injury wise and shifting to left field. But I think for now it's going to be platooning Marsh and uh, Upton. So lefty starter Upton, righty starter Marsh for opening day. Uh, I'll uh, I'll go the opposite. I think uh, I think it's Upton no matter what. I don't think there's any platoon. I think it's well, like, that's not shocking. He's a huge <laughs> Upton guy, fans. Huge Upton fan. It's his favorite player. If you didn't know, that's enough from you. Who do you got? Just because I, I like to uh, upset you, I want Marsh to start, even if it's a lefty. I really don't care if if he's going to play. If he's going to be a center fielder for us for 150, 160 games, he's got to be able to hit lefties too. And I, I don't think that you know. I think it makes more sense for Upton to start at first base opening day if we're facing Manaya. So I, I think. It's it's got to be the, the typical outfield of Marsh, Trout, and uh, Adele that open the year. Throw you a curveball. It's going to be uh, Shohei Otani. So, guys, any final thoughts here before we let everybody go? Yeah, Shohei Otani has said it. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be, but you never know. I'm throw you guys a curveball. Uh, Nate, any final thoughts before I let everybody go? Baseball. I'll throw a, I'll throw a curveball back at you and say it's Chris Bryant. Ugh. So the, up to the top left over here if you're watching YouTube. What do you got, Brock? I got nothing. I'm just – I honestly just want the season to start. I want the CBA to be taken care of. I want to figure out where the hell we're going with the rest of our money, if anything. And just, I want to watch games again. I feel that. Give me Win baseball. or lose. Give me baseball. Give me baseball. Give me baseball. I, at least, I mean, hopefully at least you get minor leagues. So you can go out to Inland Empire where they'll probably sell out every night because there's not going to actually be baseball if the regular season happens. But that's for another conversation to have. So, guys, thanks so much for listening here. At Talking Halos and watching, if you're watching us on YouTube, it's fantastic. Um, if you could go subscribe wherever you're listening or watching, um, leave us a review, whether it's good or bad. Let us know how we can get better, how we can get worse. I know we can't get worse, but uh, we can. We can, trust me. So uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos. You can follow myself on Twitter, Jared underscore Tim's. You can follow Nate at NateGreen34 and Brock at BDROX8. Guys, so much for listening and have a great rest of your day. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.